You've run from foster homes in six counties. I can take care of myself. When you're 18, give these people a chance. Because that's what they're giving you. This is Billy Batson. Make sure you make him feel at home. They seem nice, but don't buy it. It gets real Game of Thrones around here. Dude, just messing around. You look at me and you're like, why so dark? You're a disabled foster kid. You've got it all. If you could have one superpower, what would you pick? Everybody chooses flight. You know why? So they can fly away from this conversation. No, because heroes fly. What, you need your fake family to stand up for you? Hey. Man, sorry about that. Go, go, go! Grab it! Get out the way! Bailey Batson. I choose you as champion. Hello? Say my name so my powers may flow through you. But I don't know your name, sir. Shazam. Wait, for real? Say, okay! Shazam? You're the only person I know that knows anything about this Cape Crusader stuff. Can I? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude? I don't even know how to pee in this thing. AM to the BM, BM to the AM. You have super strength. BM, you just got Can you fly? If I quit your BM, I still rock Mercedes. If I quit this season, Whoa. I still be Mercedes. You okay? Why are you talking? BM, sit down. You know, I don't think that's gonna buff out. Your phone's charged. Your phone's charged. What the hell? You're like a bad guy, right? Gentlemen! You have bullet immunity! I'm bulletproof. <laughs> You're dead. Your window, but you're welcome for not getting robbed. Oh, hey, what's up? I'm a superhero. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me, and yours truly, Zach Arnold, and by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of. IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Intergalactic Peace Coalition, episode number 288, which is insane. That's crazy. My name is Jake Damon, of course. I've been kind of co-hosting the show with 
Ben and Zach, who I will introduce in a second for the last several months and been having a great time doing it. Today on the roster, we have a movie that I've never seen before and I'm excited to talk about um, because I kind of liked it. Spoiler alert. Um, and it is Shazam with an exclamation point. You don't really Shazam. see exclamation. <laughs> there you go. Shazam. And Ben just turned into a full grown adult. Oh, wait, he already was a full grown adult. Um, this movie, I just want to get this out of the way. I think this is interesting. It came out on my birthday, April 5th, 2019. Really? My 24th birthday. Yep. And yeah. We'll talk about this movie and get some first impressions and best and worst moments, all that stuff. But let's go around the horn here, introducing the uh, the one and only Benjamin Hart. How are you doing, man? Shazam! How's it going, guys? Um, thank you for that wonderful introduction, Jake. And yeah, we're going to be talking about Shazam. For once, we are talking about a movie that I have seen and Zach and Jake have not. Yeah, so this, before this time. So I saw it way back in 2019. When you could actually go to a theater and watch a movie, actually went indoors with other people and sat next I to them and watched a movie. My God, it it was it was crazy. I know those are mm-hmm. long times past, but uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it then. I think I enjoyed it even more now. So I'm looking forward to discussing it. Heck yeah, you're making me feel like an old man. I remember those days when we Back could go in to my the day. Theater. um but yeah so that's ben and the other guy who uh you know and love is zach arnold how are you doing hey dude i'm excited to be here i'm really glad to be back for another round with you guys um yeah it's it's very different seeing a movie for the first time and and not being like the the guy who's like I can't believe you haven't seen it yet. Now I'm the guy that's like I can't believe I haven't seen it yet. What is wrong exactly. with you? Right? Like I remember that I made a series of graphics back in 2019 for when we were going to do our Dark Knight revisited series when we were going to be talking about Rogue One during our year of Star Wars and all that sort of stuff. Like I made a graphic for Shazam to ask people what their planet score was for it. I've got it in a folder somewhere in my computer. And we just somehow, for some reason, never ended up getting around to it. And now we've finally worked our way back around with this coverage of uh, DC movies. And Shazam was was one of the, the DCEU movies to release after Justice League. That and uh, Aquaman. So we may end up having a, an Aquaman revisited on the tap somewhere down the line. Well, but, if you want to see it for free, you better do it soon because uh, those some of those DC movies are going off HBO Max, as far as I know. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah, we, not free. That service is fifteen bucks a month. There is <laughs> look, free, look, free it's, for a week. That's look, what I, mean. I signed up yesterday. It's going to be free for seven more, six more days now. Um, so I urge everyone, yeah. Go and check out HBO Max. You can get it for seven. Just make sure you don't let it go over that seven days because they will charge you that fourteen bucks. Oh, um, yeah. But uh, I'm not because they're taking all the DC movies off apparently. So I'll have to find other means when we actually discuss uh, Aquaman and whatever else. They got a good selection. They got the Harry Potter movies. They got a bunch of good stuff on there. But apparently, some of it is leaving. So that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, um. Yeah. So uh, Shazam, I, I guess I can kind of yeah go start right ahead with this. Um, I 
Uh, I had never seen this before, obviously. I remember seeing trailers for it, uh, thinking it looked really cool, you know? It looked like a nice change of pace from the DCEU that we had gotten thus far. And uh, it just, it had a slightly different tone. And, you know, by the looks of it anyway. And uh, I meant to get around to it. I really wanted to go see it in in theaters for sure and just didn't get didn't get to it um but i was really happy to be able to uh last night especially seeing it with my wife that was a fun experience and we laughed a lot we we really liked the story we thought it was a really fun time and there's just something about it to me that felt like a kind of a course correction tone wise for the dceu because it, it's so unlike other movies that have come before it in this universe and in a really refreshing way it had uh some feels to me of like an 80s movie it had some feels of uh like an amblin entertainment type movie maybe something you'd see from like steven spielberg or something i got yeah, some vibes yeah. from that um just from the the pacing to the humor uh all that um but yeah those those were just kind of my quick first impressions and we can get into it deeper um ben i can throw it to you what are what were your first impressions when you first saw this yeah so i don't remember my exact first impressions i you know like i said i just watched this one last night for the second time i remember really liking this movie i'm not sure where it ranks dc wise or just up again up next to the most recent ones but i really enjoyed this one it's it's not perfect by any means i think well i mean i I hate even saying it's not perfect like 99 percent of movies are not perfect um Mm. and that's even objective there so like i i try to stop myself from saying such things but still yes there i have issues with this movie overall but i think for the most part it's a really fun movie it's definitely a departure from a lot of the dceu i mean we just got done watching all the kind of the big Snyder epic, for lack of a better term, from you know Man of Steel to Justice League, and this is a way different from that. This is even different from Wonder Woman and Aquaman in it that it's this fun kind of kids movie that's all about kids and all about superheroes, and I think it's a really just taking this character that I think has been around for a long time, even going back to when he was called Captain Marvel. <laughs> Right, and now that we have another Captain Marvel, um, I don't know the whole naming procedure there, but there was a whole thing way back in the day. But now he's Shazam, and just the idea of, hey, what if a kid was a superhero? What if a kid got those powers? What would that be like? I love the premise of this thing, and I think the it's well acted. I think it's really well written. It's a pretty tight story, um, and it's it's overall just a fun little romp, and it's nothing, you know, just overly bombastic that we've seen as with the Snyder stuff. It's not about destroying an entire city in the end. It's about, you know, the characters and it's about having exactly. fun with these things. And I really appreciate that. I, I wish, and I, I think that's where superhero films go off the rails a lot of times. And I'm not just talking about DC. I'm talking about all of them. It seems like they all have to hinge on this. The whole world is ending. <laughs> we have to stop it. No, it's just about, you know, hey, big bad guy, and he's trying to gain more power, and he's trying to kill some kids, and there's another kid trying to stop him. That's basically it. That's all you need. So Mm -hmm. in that sense, I really enjoyed Shazam. I'm really looking forward to more from these characters because I think this was great, and I think it's a really fun movie. 
Yeah, yeah, I I agree. And it's funny you mentioned you know him using use his name in the comics used to be Captain Marvel, which right. is kind of crazy. Um, and these the Captain Marvel the movie Marvel uh, MCU's Captain Marvel and this one came out within a month of each other, right. which is pretty funny. Um, I, I guess that was just a coincidence. I'm not sure, but uh, I thought that was a funny little fact. Um, Zach, you you're kind of in the same boat as me, having never seen this before and just watching it. What were your first impressions? Well, you know, I I kind of feel like my impressions of the trailers and stuff back in 2019 were somewhat justified. Yeah. Um, I just never really got around to watching Shazam in 2019. And I think the only reason I got around to finally watching it was because we were talking about it on this show. Mm -hmm. And as, as unfortunate as it is for me to be like the devil's advocate in this episode, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you guys did. That's fair. That's fair. It it had it had some comedy. Yes, it it had some comedy. It had some brevity. It had some adventure, um, but it also had a lot of tropes that I've seen before. It had a lot of moments that just reminded me of other moments in other movies, and it it just it it had very little that stood on its own two feet to me. Like, at least in Man of Steel, they try and do a little bit different type of storytelling so that we're not getting the same type of Superman origin beating us over the head every single time the way we got with Christopher Reeve films. This is such a new and unexplored character with so much potential to him that to make him a glorified phone charger feels like a disrespect to anybody that's being introduced to the character for the first time. <laughs> mm, yeah, I can see that. So, I mean, it, it, I, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. It was enjoyable. It was a romp. It was, it, it had good characters in it. I loved just about everything that had to do with the group home characters. Like those kids stole the show for me. Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't say much about the character when it's the secondary characters that steal the show. Mm-hmm. Like the, the superhero movie supposed to be about the superhero. And I cared less about the superhero and more about his sidekicks. Yeah. So yeah. yes, there were, there were elements that I definitely did take away from this and enjoy, but I'm also kind of relieved that my initial impressions were validated. If I had gone and seen this in the theater, I probably would have been mad at myself for it. Really? Wow. Well, you got well, to see it for free this time, so you know. I, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Because you were because you because you're pawning off of my my HBO Max, which I also got for free. So whatever. Yes, you were you were very gracious to share with me, and it's appreciated. And I'm I'm glad that I did get to see it, so that I can actually talk about it with you guys, and talk about it with anybody else that I see it with, uh, or or end up talking about it with. It's just I don't. This is, this is one of those ones that I don't know if I'm even going to get around to adding it to my DVD collection. If I get it as a gift, then great. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's one that I'm going to be seeking out. Yeah. yeah. I think that's totally fair. I think this is this is not a groundbreaking movie. It's not a movie that like, oh, this is going to change superheroes or anything like that. It's just a fun movie. And I think it's totally fair to go, ah, it was all right. 
And it I was, didn't I didn't walk out of the theater going, uh, that was the best thing ever. I just like, okay, that was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I the, think it, there's definitely a gray area when it comes to movies like this where it's like, it's just a fun kind of middle-of-the-road movie. And sometimes you're going to love it. Sometimes you're going to... You know, not be too proud, of. and that's fine. Every, different strokes for different folks, and that's. I'm glad you're here as a voice of reason to bring us down and just stomp all over our positivity. <laughs> yeah, that that's totally me. That is that is totally me. I mean, I it's not like I didn't find one redeeming thing from this film. That's why I'm like trying to backpedal a little bit and talk about the kids because I did love that stuff. And the kids are great. And, and uh, who was it? Yamin Honsu as the wizard was really really funny, but. At the same time, I really only like recognized him because he, he like his inflections sounded just like his character from Guardians of the Galaxy. And this is like mm. his second or third DC character because he was also one of the fish guys in Aquaman. Oh, was oh. he? And he lasts for like five minutes. Spoiler alert. Okay, so maybe, maybe. It's like a Stan Lee type of situation where he is all of those characters and then some. Maybe. Mm. Maybe, maybe they'll just pop up, you know, again at some point. You know, and that's and that's the biggest thing for me is I like I like the the character of Shazam. I like these characters. And even though we just got done watching Justice League, and all of us agree that that movie is not good, <laughs> I still would love a Justice League too. I, sure. I still would love, and I would love to include Shazam or the Shazam the 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 wizard if he's still alive or any of the other characters. Like I would love to see a continuation of this, and I know Shazam two is coming some point in the future. I'm not sure when, but you know I, I enjoy these characters and I enjoy the characters. I do have I have a bit of a problem with the characterization. I, I feel like they don't. There's not enough of a connection between the Zachary Levi and the Asher Angel characters. Mm-hmm. The younger and the older Billy. I feel like they don't... I think it takes a little bit of while to actually make you buy that. I think early yeah. on, you, Asher Angel plays Billy as like very like withdrawn, doesn't talk a whole lot, and immediately when he turns into Zachary Levi, it's like he's all talkative and whatever. I think there's a bit of a disconnect there. That's my probably my biggest complaint, is that they don't do enough to kind of like sell you that this is the same person just in different bodies. I, I feel like the personalities are a little bit different where like the young kid version of him is a little bit more of a jerk, maybe a little quieter than mm-hmm. normal. And then once he becomes Zachary Levi, he's just kind of like super happy and really talkative. And yeah, I agree that those didn't quite match up to me. Yeah. I mean, so think, think about it there have been so many different mm, movies or tv shows where characters play other characters like even going back to the 60s maybe even before that but one of the greatest examples i can remember is gilligan's island do you guys remember that show where the the oh, cast yeah. is stranded yep. on an island they meet a a crazy mad scientist at one point who puts them in these boxes and they end up switching brains or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And, and like these characters start playing their other versions of the characters. And so like 
whoever the skipper is starts pretending to be a, a lady millionaire or whatever. Like, and and the way they carry themselves, you almost believe that they did switch brains. And um, what was it? Uh, Jumanji. Have you guys seen the new Jumanji movie with The Rock and Kevin Hart and I Jack have not. Black? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh! Uh, there's a there's a preppy teenage girl who is she she's like like a like a spoiled princess type in in reality and she picks um this character in the jumanji video game that turns out to be jack black and <laughs> so for the entirety of the film jack black is playing a preppy basic white girl <laughs> that sounds amazing that's pretty and, funny. And at one point, she has to go to the bathroom, and Jack Black is like, "Oh my god, guys! There's literally a penis attached to me." <laughs> like, it's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> like another time, they get chased by something, and Jack Black just kind of shakes, and his eyes rolls a little bit, and he goes, "I just like, I I can't even with this place right now. I just." <sighs> I do remember seeing that that line. And oh my gosh, it's like Jack Black is a preppy white girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so he does he does a good job at acting like he's got the personality of a white girl. Of that of that basic white girl. Yes, exactly. I don't feel like Zachary Levi was able to translate Asher Angel's Billy Batson in an accurate format. I think yeah. I think personally, and this is opener interpretation. I think personally. The problem lies with Asher Angel and not Zachary Levi. I think Zachary Levi does good enough to portray a, oh my god, I'm a kid in an adult's body, and I'm a superhero. He portrays that giddiness and that thing. I think it's the fact that Asher Angel really doesn't have enough of... He's not given enough material early on in the movie to kind of establish like what kind of character he is. Like You have this first scene, and... He's kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm ticking to the cops and I'm, you know, I'm tricking them and whatever. Like, that's a great scene. But the rest of it, he's kind of like not talking a whole lot. And sometimes you don't know, like, what his whole deal is because he, like, when what's-his-name gets attacked by those two douches, um, first he walks (laughs) away and then he comes back and you're like, okay, what is this guy's motivation? Like, is he really a good guy? Is he pure of heart, as the wizard said? Or is he just just this kind of you know guy that's just kind of trying to get by and kind of has a heart as a la Han Solo or whatever? So I think I think they didn't do enough to kind of like establish okay this is who this is who Billy is this is his mannerisms and whatever and then you can translate that into what Zachary Levi is doing. But it felt like two different people doing two different things and it didn't really match up. I think as the movie goes on, you you buy into it more because you're constantly seeing them switch back and forth. And you can't help but kind of buy into it. But didn't we get Billy for like 40 minutes in this film? Like before we even saw Zachary Levi, we had Asher Angel on screen for like 30 or 40 minutes. Like I feel like that's ample time to be able to establish who who he is and and who he represents and, you know, what, what he stands for. Like I, I don't think are you, are you are you suggesting that we needed more time? With no, Patrick no. Angel I'm with I, I'm just I'm just saying there's a lot of time where Billy just is just not talking and just not like emoting a whole lot. 
Like you're not yeah. getting kind of in his head and kind of who he is and whatever else. I think screen time wise, he has plenty of time, but he's not thinking. And I'm actually, I'm going to look up right now. I'm going to go to HBO Max and I'm going to look and see when Shazam first appears because I'm curious now, since you said that, how, how much time he has. And I'm not, I am not like, I'm not, you know, jumping on Asher Angel. I think he's a good enough actor and I think all the child actors are really good in this one. But I think there, I think something to do with the direction of the writing should have been altered in a way that he should have been given the material to go. Okay, here's where you stand as a character. Here's what mm-hmm. Billy's Billy's deal is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we kind of get a better understanding of what his deal is when he actually has a moment of truth and has the opportunity to find his mom. You know, like the, right. the, the his his first appearance, he's searching and searching and searching for his mom. He he goes through some of these other life experiences and circles back around to him, finally being able to find her. And in that moment of truth, we see what his thought process is and what his decision making is. And 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 then we see like what his heart is and we see what his character is supposed to be in the way that he treats his mom when he gets the news about, you know, what happened to him all those years ago. Like in that moment, I think we finally see who he's supposed to be. But by then we've had so much alternation between Billy and Shazam that it's almost difficult to tell whether this is who he was all along or if the superhero part of him has like changed him up to that point. Yeah. And I will say after, Reviewing the footage, I can say that Zachary Levi first appears on screen as Shazam 36 minutes and 25 seconds into the movie. Boom! Mm. Didn't I call it? Just about. Didn't I call it? Like 30 to 40 minutes into the film. We've We've got a good quarter of this movie to get to know Billy Batson, played by Asher Angel. We've got a very decent amount of time. And I don't feel like that time was used effectively to make us sympathetic to the character. Maybe that's because I didn't grow up in a broken family. You know, maybe it really does resonate with people that are part of the foster system. I I don't know any foster kids right now to be able to, to talk to them about their experiences and, and how it relates. I imagine it's based off of real circumstances because of how real and homely they made that group home feel but i just i i don't i don't i don't relate to billy enough to feel super sympathetic to his cause or his situation yeah i and i mean as we said like i think that's plenty of time to to sympathize with him to get most of his story and you do get most of his story you get his origin story you get all of this so i think it's not time, it's not like a pacing problem, it's just a, I think a writing problem and a directing problem of, you know, Asher Angel should have really kind of been able to kind of hone in and kind of, you know, fine-tune that performance, because I think it's more of a withdrawn performance, and I think he's good in it, and I think he's good as the movie goes on, and there's certain scenes where he really shines, but I think he does not given a whole lot to do with. But you mentioned... The, the the foster kids and you yeah. talked about how 
that you really like the kids. I also agree. The foster kids, all of them are amazing. All the actors are amazing, and it's like one of the highlights of this movie is all the kids. You yes. know, it's it, they get major pluses for diversity and representation. They're all different. They're, you know, y- you have this wide range of uh, ethnicities in there, and then you also just have these bombastic characters like. <laughs> You have one that's quiet, one that's the the nerd, that's a gamer, one that's all about hugs. Um, Darla is – my heart goes out to Darla. She's amazing. <laughs> she's um, incredible. She's an absolute sweetheart. Um, it's just they're all of them. So they're, they're so great, and they're all very relatable. And I think you can – everyone can kind of like – that's the – that's what really cements this movie as great to me is you kind of have this – even if the Billy – Thing doesn't totally work out for you I think these characters kind of do a lot to cement it as okay these these everybody can find at least one of these characters they can relate to and love mm-hmm. I, I think I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is when Billy first arrives at the group home and you're getting introduced to everybody and uh, Eugene is playing on the computer and uh, shoot, what's his name? Victor. Victor comes by and like pulls the headset off of him, and he's like, "You know, you're not supposed to play games after dark." And and Eugene just very innocently looks around and goes, "Whoa, when did it get dark?" Yeah, when, he's yeah. so good. <laughs> like, like I genuinely couldn't tell if he had gotten so lost in the game that he actually didn't see it get dark, or if he was playing stupid so that he wouldn't get in trouble. Either way is funny. Like either yeah. yes, exactly. Either way, that was great comedic timing because it works both ways. It could be somebody playing innocent, being like, "Oh, I didn't know it was dark," or somebody so engrossed in what they're doing that it's like, "Whoa, it's dark already." Like it works both ways. Great yeah. stuff. So and also, good. also, I really loved uh, Jack Dylan Grazer when he first uh, when when Freddie first meets Billy up in the bedroom. He's like. They look nice, but it gets real Game of Thrones in here sometimes. <laughs> and I'm, Game of Thrones reference! Ah! Yep. I knew yep. you would love that. I knew you would. Yes. Yep. However, that did show up in the trailer, so it was not any kind of surprise. You know? Right. It was one of the jokes. Like, that... a, lot of, a lot of the good jokes got used in the trailers. And I think that's I think that's one thing that was upsetting to me. Yeah, was... that's 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 what sucks is like the whole like the whole training sequence when he's doing he's punching through walls, he's doing the flossing, all this kind of stuff. All of that mm-hmm. is really good, but all of it's in the trailers. Well, mm-hmm. and then when he when he shows up in the in the chamber, I like to call it the chamber of secrets. I know that's not what it's called. Um, no, we're gonna call it the chamber of secrets from now on. <laughs> The the Rock of Eternity is what the wiki says it's called, but I don't believe that. Magical temple in another dimension. When <laughs> shows up in the Rock of Eternity and the wizard says, take my staff and say my name, Shazam! And then he laughs, and he's like, really? That, yeah. that, that's what they call you? That's in the trailer, too. And if they had saved that, I might have laughed at it a little bit more. But I would say at least some of the... Like, Four out of their top six funny moments were included in the movie trailers. And it's like, oh, okay, so that's where it happens. But yeah, okay, I already knew that was coming. It was 
it, it wasn't as hearty of a laugh as I had been hoping for because I had already seen it. Yeah, yeah. You, you should always save some of your jokes for just the movie, you know, because those theater laughs, those like I can't even tell you how many times that I've seen something in a trailer. It's just kind of ruined the moment for me in the theater. And I, I kind of wish the movies saved more things usually. Yeah, um, you, you got to know that some of these filmmakers, I don't know, like how involved some of these directors are in like the process of like making the trailers sometimes i think they're not at all involved and they have to be cringing it's like oh i was wanting that one to like sell in the theaters i wanted that one to kill <laughs> and it's yeah. in the freaking trailer you know there's there's one other movie that that gave away too many of their punchlines uh in the trailer but the interesting thing was i still enjoyed that movie a lot and I've probably talked about it on this podcast before. Have I ever talked to you guys about the movie Barnyard before? <laughs> I know you have mentioned Barnyard at least two, if not ten times. Yeah, Pro- Probably. But go it, ahead. Do it 11th time. Then. I'm a game. <laughs> it's an egregious, anatomically incorrect film with a great cast and a great story. And You're talking about the male cow with udders? <laughs> yes. All the male cows have udders. And it's, what? It's no. utterly. Oh, that would joke. Low hanging fruit, man. Low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's wow. cheesy, but I gotta milk it for what it's worth. You boys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you've got a beef with me, you can take it up later. Wow, you're grounded beef. Oh, that didn't work at all. Never mind. <laughs> there was an attempt. And it, it didn't it work. totally failed. Uh, that plane crashed right into the side of a mountain. <laughs> oh, oh man, it's a good movie. It's a funny movie, but they gave away a lot of their best stuff in the trailers, which it really that was the only thing it had going for it because the animation was sloppy and the the music was was cheap. Um, however, you did get to hear Sam Elliott seeing Tom Petty's "Won't Back Down." Wow. Like, so Sam tough. Elliott, is he not the same guy that was with Lil Nas X and did Old Town Road in that yes. one Super Bowl commercial? Yeah. So he's got a singing career we had no idea about, apparently. Same guy. Same guy. But <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I, would, I, would put, I would put the funny moments revealed in the trailer uh, on par with the reveals we got from Barnyard in the reveals we got for the Shazam trailer. Yeah, and even more recent, um, a movie that did this same thing recently is a movie called Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, (laughs) Mm. where you had the giant fleet shot, and, like, it's a great shot. It's probably one of the best scenes in a okay movie, and it's... It just ruins it. Like you're just you go into the movie, you 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 expecting that scene the entire time, and it's not even a joke. It's just like oh, it's this huge moment, and it's you know going in what to expect, and I like I'm I'm to the point now where like I try not to even like unless it's a Star Wars movie or a Marvel movie, even Marvel movies. Like I I stop watching trailers like early on. I'm like I just I don't. I don't want it ruined. I don't. I don't want to see every big moment or all the best jokes in the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. So Shazam, I think, had a lot of great trailers. I love trailers, 
and there's something to be said about experiencing something in a trailer, but at the same time, Shazam was one of those movies where, like, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good jokes that weren't in the trailers that that we will get to, but yeah, uh, I really did. You know, I, I I don't know. It's 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 a it's a weird juxtaposition because I I like I love trailers, but I also you know it's just it sucks. Yeah, I we're talking about like positives that we just things we kind of oh, liked. Okay. Uh-huh. I, that I think. What's that? He can, <laughs> he can said, do that, maybe. He's he oh. talking about positives, and I said, exactly. oh, are we? I think you gotta I try. You gotta try. No, um, I, just some things I liked. I, I liked that this movie felt like something that I would have really liked to watch as a kid, and that's basically mm-hmm. what this movie is for. Is it's for kids, you know? I mean, it's it's for you know every kid. I, I don't know about every kid, but I, you know, just you, you, when you're a kid, you like to pretend to be somebody else. And, you know, whether it's Luke Skywalker, or Batman or whatever, you like to put yourself in the position of these heroes from stories that you love. And, and I can't imagine what it would be like to be a kid, to be 14 and all of a sudden you're an adult a which would be like the coolest superpower on its own but you're also bestowed with all of these other powers as well and i thought that this movie really handled that aspect of it well where it's like it's kind of like given a uh you know what what was that example from jurassic park given a, a kid finding his dad's loaded gun or whatever like this this is gonna end up it could end up very poorly. And you see some examples of that at the beginning of the movie where they're kind of testing things out here and maybe misusing the powers a little bit. Like, Hey, let's uh, get some beer and um, uh, some fun stuff goes (laughs) down at the convenience store. That was a really fun sequence. I think I would like some of your finest beer, please. Finest beer. That's one of those jokes. I wish they kept for the movie because it was just so funny. And, and uh, it was in the trailer window, but you're welcome for not getting robbed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but that I thought that was handled really well. And I, I liked the whole aspect of, you know, them uploading the test videos onto YouTube. And, you know, obviously those are going to get a ton of views. That's and... a great integration of social media, by the way. Very, yeah. very proper for the times. Like that's totally something you could see a teenager doing. And it's totally something that the Internet would eat up. Yeah, and also something I really appreciate is that a lot of movies, when they try and show, like, social media, like, portray social media in a certain way or, like, a, you know, like an upload page or something, it'll be their version of an upload page. This one was very accurate to what the YouTube upload screen looks like, and, so and he, I appreciate And here, here's the thing, though. You're absolutely right that it, like, portrays YouTube well. And I think the reason is, is that, and something we, me and you were talking before the show, Jake, is that... David F. Sandberg, who who directed this movie, has his own YouTube channel, right? Called yeah. Pony Smasher on YouTube, and he does his own like video essays and stuff like that. He even does a lot talking about this exact movie, and it's fascinating. I definitely highly recommend going over there and checking stuff out. But like, he obviously knows it's not a you know an old school director like they've never seen a YouTube upload page. Like you can clearly see, like this is the real legit, you know. YouTube upload page, and this is how it react, and this is how kids would do that. Kids right. with superpowers, they would absolutely, and it's and it's nice that I love the messaging in this movie that it does kind of draw attention to the fact that hey, you know, 
given superpowers, we all we all have those discussions. The discussions they have in this movie. What would you have? Flight or invisibility? And you have and like what would you do with those powers? And we all answer, well, I would probably do some messed up things with it. And so I I, I like that they actually explore that and they say, look, just like an adult would, yeah, they're kids, they're gonna use it to go buy beer. They're gonna use it to, you know, charge people's phones and then and then go on the street and have a show and you know collect money and all this kind of stuff right. and you know it takes a while to actually like you know step up and actually be a hero and that's a, the whole journey that Billy has to go on and 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 having um the other guy that I can't think of his name right now just in his ear the old time that that is just mind blown fascinated by this and and right. thinks and wishes that it was him this whole time and you understand why because he's a cripple and, and and like he wants that he wants that for himself he does get it at the end yeah i think i think that is one of my more favorite storylines is like not only not only a, a disabled person becoming a hero and getting to help save the day but just giving proper time and recognition to people with disabilities in the first place yeah it is oh, something yeah. that's sorely lacking in cinema particularly superhero cinema so giving Freddie Freeman a, a crutch like that, I, I don't read the comics, so I don't know if that's true to his comic character or not. But regardless, just to give him some screen time like that was was very, very responsible and respectful. And, you know, the, 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 the fight, the verbal confrontation that they have right after the bus scene is really probably one of the more powerful scenes in the movie where you're realizing yeah freddy's freddy's jealous but he's not just jealous of the powers he's jealous of how irresponsible the red cyclone is being right now and all of the things that he wishes he could do if he'd been given that responsibility instead of billy yeah right uh, and and it's go ahead jake Oh, I was just kind of off subject. You mentioned that he called him the Red Cyclone at once because they, they were trying to come up with a name for him this whole movie. Um, and Red Cyclone, I think, is a nod to Red Tornado, which is also a DC character. Yes. Yeah, I think they they kind of intentionally, he's never called Shazam, obviously, right. the, the name, or, or even... Because I think they, I think they even talked about. Because obviously his original name was Captain Marvel, and they don't go that one either. They kind of steer clear. Right. Away. And I think part of that reason was the fact that you had Captain Marvel in theaters literally at the same time. I think the wizard's name is Shazam. I think the way the movie works this in is the wizard's name is Shazam, and he goes, "Say my name," you know, and he. So basically, Zachary Levi will say the name of the person and then i think once he died he kind of took the mantle of that so he is in essence still shazam right and he can't like he can't say oh my name is shazam because he'll turn back into a kid (laughs) right (laughs) so they can't be his name necessarily that's that's his that's his uh that's his word (laughs) right yeah uh anyway ben i'm sorry to have interrupted you what were you saying no no i i just think i like i like that whole idea of like it adds another layer to the drama and to and to the fact that when freddie freeman gets the powers that it's not just a kid becoming a superhero it's the whole idea of this kid who has trouble walking getting Mm -hmm. and adds more power to that and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna 
for some for some reason the only th- other example of this that pops into my head, and I'm actually going to compliment the movie Avatar for once, <gasps> is the main character of that movie is is a guy who can't walk, right? And it's more powerful because not only he gets in this Avatar body, he can walk, and it's a huge deal for him because now he's able to actually function like a normal person. And not only that, but he's as an alien, so that's weird and that's cool. So I I like that whole thing about that Freddy really is living vicariously through through Billy a yeah. lot of this movie, and he I, takes it and he's doing his own responsible stuff with it, but he also rightfully so calling Billy out and going, "Look, dude, you're you know you you need to get over this. You're doing some really selfish things when and even causing problems like the whole bus thing. Like he saves those people, but he caused the problem to begin with, and Freddie calls him on it. Ironic, <laughs> yeah. Like that—that's one of those things that I thought was was really interesting. Was that there's consequences for your actions, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was showing off his lightning powers, and then he ended up actually hurting somebody. So, you know, I mean, it's 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 like rain on your wedding day, or. Or a free ride that you've already paid for, you know. It's 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 like good advice that you just didn't take, isn't it ironic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know that I, I love their Freddie and Billy's relationship is really great throughout this movie. I think it's great their whole dynamic, and they go, they go in there. They're talking to the real estate agent, and like, yeah, we need a lair. Like, you know, one, one bedroom, nine bedrooms. What? We're going to make our own orphanage? What are you talking about? Am I, am I have my own group home now? <laughs> something overlooking a cliff, you know, with a waterfall, you know, something like that. Yeah. Not too picky. That was hilarious. So great. That but it all goes into, like, this is what kids would do. This is exactly how kids react to, oh, my gosh, I'm a superhero. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the whole thing. Um, and they're not, not too different than how adults would react. Only adults would be like, really. And he, they even go, they even do the whole gentleman's club thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then they end, back, end up back in there when uh, Billy has to think of somewhere to go when they're in, when he, yeah. in the Chamber he had, of Secrets. He had, to think, he had to think of some place, and that's the place he thought of. I did, I did laugh at that. I Mary like, is of, so pissed off on him. It was like, like that was really, that's the place you thought of? Of course, a fourteen-year-old has to think of some place that he'd rather be, and it's going to be a place where everybody's flashing their boobs all over the place. <laughs> and he got yeah. like he got like something to eat, and he's like, "But they were really convincing." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's also like a Hooters reference because everybody goes for the wings. Oh, oh right, yeah. or oh, that yeah. office quote. Uh, could I have the chicken <laughs> breast? Hold the chicken. Uh, she's like i've uh, never heard that one before <laughs> uh, oh, that makes me mad yeah yeah <laughs> uh anyway uh enough uh sexual harassment um okay so uh we've talked about uh some of our our positives from from the movie what about some negatives and uh, later we can talk about like our our favorite overall scene and uh worst overall scene but like what about this movie didn't i i know zach you touched on some things and and we did talk a little bit about like the 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 actors maybe not correlating as well with their with their uh personas and things like that but um i guess i if i were to choose something that 
was a negative for me and like a weak point of the story. It may have been the whole aspect of the seven deadly sins. Like it's an interesting concept, I think, but it, it felt the, it fell the most flat to me of all the elements. It just didn't seem like that big of a threat to me. And I think the thing that most confused me about it, and maybe you guys can help me out with this and, and help me understand more what their purpose was, but they were encased in stone. They were kind of statues, like gargoyle-type statues inside of uh, Shazam's... Oh, I just turned into it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, into uh, In Shazam's lair there uh, at the beginning and were let out, obviously. But while they were encased, what does that mean? Does that mean there's no... None of these seven deadly sins are being used or what like i'm what is releasing them what does that do that isn't already happening yeah it's it is kind of a a jumbled process because they they have the ball there that tempts them and then if you take the ball it gets lodged in your eye and then (laughs) the creatures come out of the rock and go into your eye and then they possess you so yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. I do like that. I like the juxtaposition of them. Like, going, okay, at the end, they have to get the creatures out of him to mm-hmm. win and to make him powerless. I like that whole thing. That um, I think the the designs of the creatures, I think, probably are, are my biggest complaint. Like, they're not very like they're cool designs, but they all blend together. Like, they're all the same color, and yeah. so they don't really stand out that well. And you can't really like. You know, I, like they're they're all like for the seven deadly sins. Like there's greed and there's jealousy and all this kind of stuff. There's right. and and you can't tell them apart though. It's like yeah. if I looked at the pictures of them, I couldn't tell you like which one was which because they all look the same basically. I, yeah, I was gonna say like there's a, a scene in here where they're kind of all standing in a circle around Zachary Levi, and you like you can't really tell who is who just by a second. Like if you kind of if you had a still image of them and kind of looked at like all the different nuances in the design and stuff, you could kind of maybe piece together like who that's supposed to be. But you're right. They're all kind of like similar sizes. They're all similar colors and, and it's kind of confusing. And also the CGI on them, in my opinion, wasn't that great. Like, come on DCEU. Like, I don't know what the deal is with your, your CGI department, but it really needs like a bigger budget or something. Cause because Steppenwolf looked like crap. Uh, these guys looked kind of bad. And I don't know. I, I, have, I have a little bit of a complaint in the quality of the CGI. But, uh, Zach, what did you think of the seven deadly sins? Um, that, that was a gripe that I had as well. Because this, the seven deadly sins get addressed way better in the movie Seven than they do in this film. Seven. <laughs> Is that... The, is that a Jim Carrey movie or is that Brad Pitt? No, that's know... Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, and oh, okay, uh, Kevin Costner, I think. Okay, okay. And... I know Jim Carrey was in a number movie. I can't remember what that one was. But I mean, I I watched it with Sage when we were doing our old fandom fraternity show, and it messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> is it one of those psychological thrillers? It, it was it was really it was it was really something else. Uh, yeah. Kevin Spacey, not Cosner. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Kevin Kevin Spacey, which is it's a big way, difference nowadays. Yeah, big yeah, big difference. <laughs> way, but there's a there's a serial killer 
who is um, killing people in order of the seven deadly sins. Mm. So, like, like he'll 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 overstuff somebody, like feed them too much, and then slit them open. Oh dang! To, oh okay. So like this is like, like Hannibal type stuff. To like to like prove the the gluttonous nature of the person, and then like like choke somebody with diamonds or something like that in order to prove the greed like they're they're so full of of greed this is how they die like wow. everything is is somehow relating to the seven deadly sins uh gluttony greed sloth envy wrath pride and lust and i think eventually lust ends up hitting home for Brad Pitt's character because um he like kills his uh, his girlfriend or something like that, yes. and so like it really really gets intense and very well covered. It's it's got Morgan Freeman as a on his way out type of detective, Brad Pitt as a young up and coming detective, and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's in this movie too. Wow! So mm. if if you want to if you want an examination of the seven deadly sins, I would not recommend Shazam. I would absolutely recommend the movie Seven. And um, you, 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 I'm sorry, but uh, you lost me with cutting people open. Um, you <laughs> completely you lost me. That's uh, that's not not my wheelhouse. Not nope, nope. Big glass of nope. <laughs> All aboard the nope train. Nope. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> to bleep that bill. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, so the seven deadly sins. They they kind of come together into a, uh, a little package in this movie with, along with uh, Mark Strong's character, uh, Dr. Can you remind Zavana. me? Zavana. Yeah, Zavana. There you go. And uh, the movie actually opens with a little flashback scene where he's a kid and he is kind of, you know, being mistreated by his uh, older brother and his, his dad. They're just really jerks to him. Um, and uh, he gets called to this realm um which we see for the first time chamber of secrets yep the chamber of secrets and uh he is supposed to pass this test which he doesn't pass uh and he he gets sent back and uh he's kind of obsessed with searching for this this realm which he's definitely convinced that he was at but i mean why would anybody believe him of course um what did you guys think of his story and like how how his connection to to uh zachary levi's character came about and um just how he was portrayed like how what do you guys think of him i i really liked Mark Strong. I mean, Mark Strong. He's Mark Strong. Like he's great. Um, I liked him in his role. And I think it's definitely one of the more relatable villain origin stories and just villainous characters at, at all. Because yeah. like you can imagine, like you know, Shazam is running through all these people and like picking all these people at random and going, "Oh, hey, maybe you're, <laughs> maybe you're uh worthy." And then, oh, nope, you're not worthy. And like. You totally feel for Dr. Savannah when he comes, like, can you imagine what it feels like for a kid to be told they're not worthy and they'll, basically, they'll never amount to anything? And on top of having some really awful family that he, he has. Um, and that opening scene is pretty, 
pretty bad. Like, it's pretty, like, it, it sells the whole idea that he's just has a pretty awful family and a pretty awful time as a kid and kind of sets him off for what he goes in the future. Um, but, you know, I think that's the whole thing. And I like, you know, I like the exploration of him making this, having this experience and it really sticking with him. And really, like, that's the only thing he has because his family sucks. So what else is he going to do with his life? He just keeps on going and, and finally finds this guy. And I just, I think Mark Strong is great. I loved him in this role. I think he, uh, you know, Dr. Zavani is a great villain. And he's not this, I want to take over the world. You don't really know what he wants to do. He just wants power and he wants to get back at the people that wronged him. And he does. And he does in a very, you mean that you watch that office scene and it's very bad. Like it's, it's the most like horrifying scene. It's not, there's nothing graphic in it, but like it's intense. Yeah, it is. It is, and that's probably one of the most adult scenes in the whole film. Yeah. If if we're if we're being honest, a lot of the other scenes, like the convenience store and like with the bus and a lot of those other sequences, they're all they're all very adolescent in nature. But this one is like very hard hitting. Like tossing yeah. his brother out the window like that—that that was that was pretty crazy. That's insane. Yeah, it was it that that was that was tough to watch, but it, um, to, it was tough to watch. But it was also a little bit satisfying to me because they were just such jerks to him at the beginning. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you get thrown out that window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. And and this is this is not a knock on Mark Strong or or Doctor Savannah's character or anything like that. But uh, I am going to throw out another gripe. <laughs> oh, got the gripe gripes. Let's gripe hear it. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm just this is the stuff that was rolling through my head when I watched it, and this is the stuff that I'm going to express on the show. Okay. Look, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are people that listening to this. They're going to love the movie and they're going to hate the movie. They're either going to identify with me and Jake or Zach. That's just how it works, you know. <laughs> it, so they got if it's all love, then those people are going to tune out. And they're going to oh god, these guys just just DC shills. They're just Shazam shills. So you're proving <laughs> it right that we're just not. We're, we're, we we can be negative. Exactly, I, you know, and that and that's really tough for me because I enjoy finding the bright spots in the movies, and so for all of the the bright spots and enjoyable moments that I found in this, there are still elements of it that I'm like, really, and the whole concept of worthiness reminded me a lot of the the goblets at the end of Indiana Jones three. Mm. No, like, the. Uh... The oh right 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 the the, the holy Sorry. grails right grails. like the all the the fake options all all the different all the different options to choose from and if you're worthy you'll pick the right one like it's it's very arbitrary to determine who's worthy and who's not and I think that's something that the wizard ends up learning is that maybe nobody's actually truly worthy so we're gonna go with somebody that means well and oh look here's Billy Batson okay <laughs> he he like, was a yeah jerk. Billy was just like chosen by default not that he was the like pure of heart yeah and it's like oh he was a dick to a couple of cops that makes him worthy of being a superhero i, I like i don't know i don't know um yeah. but the, the the worthiness trope is one that has been exercised in so many different ways the the chosen one type of thing like i think he even calls him that at one point and i'm like um his name's not luke skywalker excuse right. me right which is such an overused name, by the way, because like 
the chosen one that's a that's a thing in star wars that's also a thing in harry potter like they call him it's, the chosen one in in fiction in general chosen one is like guys that's enough yeah <laughs> Not enough chosen ones yeah 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 i didn't i didn't care for that and i also didn't care for the idea that it like this guy spends his entire life and career trying to to prove his worthiness like he invests everything in trying to to prove himself like that kind of thing um yeah honestly it reminded me and i know that i'm i'm sh- i'm probably gonna be shooting into the dark here but i don't suppose on the off chance either of you have seen the movie underdog before and no say i have but it's that uh, i know what it is it's it's a god-awful film that i can't believe i've even <laughs> watched it before it's 4.7 out of 10 stars on IMDb, and it's got Amy Adams, Patrick Warburton, Jim Belushi, and Peter Dinklage in this movie. Whoa. You would, you would think it's a better movie than it is, but it's not. Who, who plays the dog? Oh, gosh, I can't remember. Give me a second. I was on the IMDb page, and then I left. Um, I, I'm hoping you say Patrick Warburton. <laughs> Uh, no it's jason lee ah jason lee is the voice of underdog peter dinklage is the villain and patrick warburton is his henchman gotcha that's hilarious (laughs) that the, the movie the movie is about this this ordinary dog that accidentally gains superpowers and becomes a hero for the city and Peter Dinklage's character is sitting there going, no, that should have been me that became the hero, not that stupid dog. <laughs> and that's basically Dr. Savannah's premise is that should have been me that's the superhero, not this stupid 14-year-old. Yeah. So Yeah, it's funny how even before he gets the seven deadly sins, literally – um possessing him he still represents those seven deadly sins like he has this greed for power he has this jealousy for you know billy batson and what he has he has you know this this total insecurity about him that he was told that he wasn't worthy and was you know most of it has to do with just his his dad was you know, a douchebag and his brother was a douchebag and, you know, like, like that whole thing, but he can just continues that on into this, you know, and it also, it goes back to life lessons. You can't hold on to anger. You can't let, you know, other people's, you know, views of you control you and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sure there's, there's a lot of moral messages in there, but it's also just the fact that he's, he's just messed up in the head. <laughs> he's, he's mm-hmm. had a really horrible childhood and he kind of translated that into a really horrible adulthood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I get the, the trauma of childhood affecting who we are as adults. Like, I do, I do get that. It's just hard for me to embrace that aspect when I keep thinking that his storyline was a ripoff from a movie about a superhero that's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> also, you're saying... Yeah. You're saying uh, Patrick Warburton in that movie was was uh, Peter Dinklage's um, henchman. That's kind. That kind of makes him Kronk, doesn't it? 
like a live yeah. action Kronk. <laughs> He's basically the Kronk of the film. Yeah. Pull the lever. Yeah, Kronk is uh, the henchman of Tyrion Lannister. Yes. And there you honest, go. honestly, we need a live action remake of The Emperor's New Groove. I am. I I'm haven't even seen that movie, and I'm all in. What the heck is wrong with you, dude? I... That's a that's a cinema sin right there. Okay, I know. Okay, I know. we are doing underrated Disney films sometime this year. A trilogy of Emperor's New Groove, uh, Treasure Planet, and Atlantis. Oh, those I'm are all so ones. I a tre- Treasure Planet is one that I've wanted to see since I was a kid. Oh, like legitimately. Oh my gosh, have you seen the Great Mouse Detective? Oh, can mm. we make that four? I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh my god! There's a month right there. There's a really good month. That is. Look, we just we just spent like three months on D- DC movies, <laughs> half of which we'd already discussed and watched anyway. So I'm all for this. Yes, that is that is our next month of movies right there. <laughs> I guarantee it. I'm gonna go edit the schedule after this episode's over. Like this is a thing, okay? There you go. Oh. There you go. Well, we talked about some negatives. We talked about some positives. Um, what What would you guys say? And I, Zachary, could start with you. Um, what was your? Uh, and you got so you know a lot of negative things to say about this movie. But do you have a favorite scene from the movie, or one favorite part of the movie that stands out to you? Something that you actually did enjoy. Uh, yeah, I, I did like the, the fight scene at the carnival at the very end. Mm -hmm. That, that part felt fairly original, especially when he kind of had that flashback where he recognized, you know, say my name and harness the powers and, and, and assume all of the spots on, on these thrones. I was like. Uh, I, I started counting the kids and thinking, okay, how many vacant seats are there? How many sins are we fighting against? Do we have enough kids for this to work? And when they all did finally grab onto the staff and he said, say my name. And they're like, Billy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I was like, no, that's adorable, but no. <laughs> and then when they finally did, they all, turned into superheroes which i thought was really cool unfortunately i made the mistake of going to the imdb page while i was watching the movie and there are some people like megan good cast as superhero darla and michelle oh, cast no. as superhero Mary, and no. ross butler as superhero eugene and i'm like wait a second what is what does this mean what do, why is dj Catrona superhero pedro and then when they all say Shazam and they turn into superheroes, I was like, that's why. So it, it wasn't <laughs> like a huge, it wasn't like a huge surprise to me, but it was satisfying for me as well, because it was like, not only does Billy have a family now, but he also as a superhero has help now as well. And so mm-hmm. it, it was like it was like both of his worlds finally coming together in a very satisfying way that helps him save the day. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, ben, what about you? Oh, man, there, I, there's a lot of moments that I really, really like. And I'm trying to think of one that we haven't talked about yet tonight because 
there's a lot of good stuff. Um, I like the whole scene. the 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 whole scene of the gas station is great. You know, it's, it's very like okay, yeah, of course. You have superpowers. The first place you're gonna go is the convenience store on the corner, and there's shenanigans are gonna be ensued, and then there's a robbery just just hype happens to happen, and uh, just the whole idea of the ridiculousness of him shooting him, and mm-hmm. then he's like, "I'm bulletproof." Oh, but we we don't know if it's a suit or it's your skin, so shoot him in the face. <laughs> Yeah, and they keep shooting them, and then uh, you know they just keep like the bullets would clearly like ping off and kill everyone in the store, but they just drop for some reason. It's great. Yeah, yeah, point blank range like that. That's that's totally not representative of how bullets actually go. But yeah, they if, don't just if like bullets just, just don't ricochet and just fall, drop straight to the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but th- yeah, those were both great moments. Um, I I would almost have to agree with both of those. I like I I think I would lean more towards the convenience store uh, scene. That that was just like a really fun scene to me. Like I know I saw a lot of it in the trailer, um, but it was still effective watching it. Like I hadn't seen the trailers in a long time, so it was kind of just a refresh on that. But seeing that whole sequence in context of the movie was pretty funny, and it was uh, I don't know, it was just really I I thought it was really effective comedy. Um, and, you know, there were parts of the scene where I was like, yeah, that would never happen. But the thing about this movie is it doesn't take itself too seriously. And that I enjoy. I I appreciate that. Um, I I would really have to say, though, my favorite scene in the whole movie is like it's just a little scene. But it's the scene where they can't hear each other talking in when they're floating in midair. Uh, him and Zavanna, um, and he's like going on this huge uh, supervillain spiel, and it keeps cutting back and forth to him not being able to hear what he's saying, and he keeps talking anyway. It's just, it's really funny, and I, I had a laugh out loud moment there, I think. Um, so that would probably be my favorite scene. But uh, there were a lot of good scenes, you know, that I, I think this movie is definitely more good scenes than than not good scenes, in my opinion. Um, and I honestly could choose from a bunch, but I would go with that one if it were me. Um, but uh, with every good scene, there is also a bad scene. And I have a feeling Zach is going to think of a few probably right off the bat, but you got to choose one. So Zach, what was your least favorite scene in this whole movie? The weakest link, the weakest link. Can I, can I say the, the beginning to the, the end? I don't know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Whatever you want. No, no, no. no. Cheating. Like, That's cheating. <laughs> there were, there were some redeeming qualities to, to this, uh, to this film. I I don't know if I can pick like just one particular that I thought was a weak spot because like I said, it, it's more of a collection of borrowed tropes from other movies that were woven into the fabric of this story. So it, it's, it's almost like a blend that's kind of throughout. I don't know if there was any one particular that made me look at it and go, Oh yeah, that one doesn't work for me. Um, if if I if I had to pick, it might be some of the training stuff. Like yes, it's integrated with social media pretty well, but watching him run up a, a 
a skate ramp and then fall back down again. Like, I don't know. It just felt like kind of lowbrow humor that I really didn't have time for. I was like, this movie's already over two hours long and I'm watching him fall down. Like, what's the point of that? Um, I, I don't yeah. I don't know. I also probably didn't care for how frequently he would switch between uh, between Shazam and Billy. So maybe that that sequence where they're trying to leave the school and he like Shazams into an adult and he tries to pretend like he's Freddy's dad and he's like picking him up from school or something like that. Like like I didn't a I didn't get why Philadelphia had metal detectors and and security screeners because i didn't think it was that bad and 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 b i didn't i didn't really get why that scene was particularly necessary because the the comedy factor kind of fell flat and and the the necessity for it just seemed kind of lost on me like you can sneak out of a back door of a school and continue on the same mission without having to spend five minutes flattering a security guard like just... I, I did think that scene was funny to me the getting into a trench coat and coming back he's like i just came back from my uh business uh office <laughs> i just came back from the business office <laughs> my son thank you for your assistance officer moron yeah it's moran <laughs> it's moran whatever yeah and, and he like tries to compliment him like you're you're the the security guard all the kids love and and freddie's like no th- not this one this one sucks <laughs> again uh, just felt like lowbrow humor that wasn't essential to the plot yeah that's fair i suppose um i'm actually i'm actually having a hard time like coming up with like a like a scene that i don't like because I think there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. I think I think I like most of it. That's that's why I just like this movie overall. There's not anything glaring that like oh I don't really like that scene. The probably I like the scene of when he shows up and where Freddie and and Billy and Billy is Zachary Levi at this point is Shazam and they're trying to figure all this. It's a fun scene, but at the same time it kind of takes me out of it because I'm not totally at that point, not fully buying into Zachary Levi being that character yet. It, mm. it still doesn't feel like the same character. And that, that whole sequence is kind of like hamstrung by the fact that it's not, you're not totally getting the connection there. You're feeling, Oh, this is a, a new character. This isn't, this isn't Billy. This is something different. This is someone different. Um, so that's probably my only like, scene that I'm not huge on but you know I'm sure there's other little scenes that you know for whatever reason but I I think there's a lot of of good stuff there's a lot of really great scenes that I like a lot well we've we've gone through several different aspects of this movie but we have not given our final scores for it yet and we're not going to do that just yet but we will in just a second when we come back with our overall final thoughts and our planet scores out of 10 when we come back from this little commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to wrap our discussion of Shazam! This is IPC.
Greetings, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I have drifted into the underworld. The Star Wars underworld. I have a bad feeling about this. Hey y'all, this is Ben Hart here. I know y'all just heard me on the IPC talking all things geeky and fun. Now I'm here to tell y'all about my other podcast. It's called The Star Wars Underworld, about all things Star Wars. We talk Star Wars The Clone Wars, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars Last Jedi, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and so much more. I record it with my friends Chris and Dominic, who are here to tell y'all all about it. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ben. I'm so excited to talk about Star Wars this week. It's fun. It's funny. We're going to have a great time. Hey, guys, I am so nostalgic for mall packaging, and I love being on the Star Wars Underworld podcast talking all the latest Star Wars news. Well, now that y'all had a little taste of the show and you know what to expect, you should check out more episodes by going to StarWarsUnderworld.com or by searching for the show on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, the Google Play, and all sorts of things. And may the Force be with y'all. It's a wrap, eh? Wrapping up our discussion of 2019's movie Shazam, you're listening to the IPC Podcast, coming to you on all the different podcasting platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and we're also coming to you from StarWarsUnderworld.com, Channel 1138, and a host of other different places where you can catch a podcast. A special thank you to the people that help financially support this podcast, including Joey, Jake, Rachel, Dan, Parker, and Carrie. All of y'all who help make this show what it is, we appreciate each and every one of you. And if you're interested in becoming a financial contributor to the program as well, you can check us out at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. There is a support button or a become a patron button or something like that over there where you can find out more details, including having access to our entire episodic library, being a part of our exclusive Facebook group, 
having top billing during each and every one of our top five episodes, getting your list guaranteed to the top of the order, and so much more. So be sure to go and check that out, and be sure to check us out on social media at IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In the immortal words of Gomer Pyle, Shazam! <laughs> Shazam. Oh, man. Okay. So, was Gomer better in the Andy Griffith show or in Gomer Pyle USMC? Gomer Pyle USMC is one of the best shows. I'm not even kidding. That's an underrated classic right there. Mm. You gotta uh, watch that show. If you, if you loved Andy Griffith, you'll love that show. Yeah. I, 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 I will agree to that, though I must admit, making Gomer a deputy was one of my favorite things about the Andy Griffith show. The any any episode of Andy Griffith where Gomer is given a gun is a great episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when when they when they have those 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 escape convicts that they have to keep re-arresting while they're waiting for the other two to show up and Gomer's just up on the roof with a shotgun. <laughs> and they, and then he drops his gun over the side of the building. Yep, yep, but then he also drops the light bulbs, and the convicts think it's a it's a Gatling gun, and they're like, don't shoot, don't shoot! <laughs> okay, speaking of guns, this is a sidebar, but it's something that I thought was really weird. We were talking about HBO Max earlier. One of the partnerships that they have is with the Looney Tunes Corporation, Warner Brothers. Yes, oh, yes. Yeah. They have brought that. back the Looney Tunes cartoon series. Yes. However, Elmer Fudd does not have his gun anymore. Oh, I Lord. heard about this. It's, He's like chasing Bugs Bunny around with like a pickaxe. A scythe. <laughs> really? Because that's better. The, no. the, the, the anti-gun people got to Elmer Fudd and he's replaced his shotgun with a necromancer's scythe. Wow. Elmer Fudd is no longer a member of the NRA. Poor guy. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I will right. say, Zach, have you had a chance to see any of the show? The new I return show? My, my, my brief time on HBO Max was dedicated to watching Shazam. So Okay, Same. well, all I can say is this. I, If you are a fan of like the old Mickey Mouse cartoons, um, they brought back a new Mickey Mouse cartoon on Disney Plus that I, I watched and was really funny. Like it's it's rare when, you know, you, they bring back a cartoon show and an updated version of it and it lives up to the, the past. I thought Mickey Mouse on Disney Plus did a really good job of that. And then I saw some episodes of the Looney Tunes show today, actually, just before the show. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of the original Looney Tunes uh, cartoons. And this really like it amazed me how well it it lived up to that. You know, it, it came really close to like being like that original cartoon. And I can't wait to watch more of it. That's great. I mean, I guess there's kids these days that maybe didn't grow up with Looney Tunes. But like, you know, mm-hmm. that that's a huge part of my childhood is watching those old shows. And they're like. They even are more relevant when you get older because, like, a lot of the jokes are aimed at, like, adults. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's, the, uh, it's great. The biggest thing for me is it's got to make me laugh. Like, like the old Looney Tunes cartoons, they never failed to make me laugh. And, and I was howling the first episode of this Looney Tunes show I was watching. I was like, this is great. This is great. So, yeah, I highly recommend it. If you do get HBO Max, check it out. 
Well, the, the the thing that's got me intrigued about HBO Max is it's got the uh, the complete listing of Big Bang Theory on it as well. Mm. And that's one sitcom I haven't watched yet. I have watched just about every sitcom imaginable, but I, I haven't seen Seinfeld in its entirety. I'm working through it on Hulu, though. Good. And, and I, I and I haven't seen Big Bang Theory in its entirety, so mm, I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll mooch off of your seven days, Ben, and then get seven days for myself, and I can watch twelve <laughs> seasons of Big Bang Theory in fourteen <laughs> days or something. Who knows? Good luck with that. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but let's let's go back to Shazam for just a little bit here. We we've talked about the highs and the lows, the things we liked, the things we didn't like. It's uh, it's time for our overall final thoughts and our rating out of 10, a.k.a. our planet scores. Uh, ben, you're going to be up first. How would you finish your thoughts on this movie, and what would you rate it? All right. Well, it, it's hard to kind of put into words. Like I said, I really like this movie. I don't – I'm not saying it's flawless, and you know, I'm not saying it's the best movie ever seen. But it was really fun, and I enjoyed it a lot. And one thing that before I before I finish my thoughts here, can I just say, Billy Batson's mom is an asshole. Yes, she's the worst. Yeah, we just need to establish that the worst mom ever. That was hard to watch. Yeah, <laughs> that was really hard to watch. Um, and not kind of in a good way, but kind of like uh, they're really stretching it with the whole like. Like, oh, I, I, I thought the cops could do better the job than raising him. Like, really, Mom? Really, a mother would do that? I mean, I'm not putting it past. A lot of strange things happen in real life, so, you know, I'm not going to say it's unrealistic, but my God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, overall thoughts, I really enjoyed Suzanne. I, I think it's one of the better DCEU properties we've gotten so far. Um Probably I would rate it above the last three we talked about on this show, to be honest. Um, really enjoyable, really fun, and a interesting, I feel like, different enough superhero film than what we've seen in recent years and whatever. Um, kind of taking the whole, I mean, they, they do some overt kind of uh, references to Big, which was great in this movie, and also just some, some old, other stuff that are kind of superhero tropes, which you're going to get to in just a second. One of, one of the superhero tropes that I really like that they, they roast in this movie is great. And, uh, you know, overall, it's great. I think it's fun, and it is a movie that I would I would go back to. I really would. I enjoyed going back to it. It's been, been almost a, over a year now since I watched it the first time, since it was released, and uh, I wouldn't mind even less time going back to it again. But my overall thoughts and my planet score is going to be, I'm going to give this one an, an 8 out of 10. Mm. There you go. Ready? I put in way too many 8s in the show notes there. I just need number 8 one time. Eight, 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 eight. I mean, this is this is episode 288. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so it's a lot of 8s. We got 8s all over the place. Uh, Mr. Damon, final yes. thoughts and final score for this film. Well, final thoughts. I'm going to kind of echo some of the things Ben said about how it's it's definitely the the better DCEU movie out of the the three we have watched previously. Um, it's just a, a more of a fun tone, you know. I, I like a fun tone. I'm a sucker for a fun movie, and especially one that that uh, kind of caters towards like a, a child audience like uh, sometimes you just need a movie that you would watch 
if you were a kid and appreciate if you were a kid. And I think Shazam did a really good job at that. And uh, was it perfect? No. Did all of the humor land? No. Um, but I think it's heart was definitely in the right place and it shows a lot of potential for the character in future movies. I would love to see a Shazam too. I would love to see, you know, I know they have plans for like black Adam. The rock is black Adam. I think that would be really cool foil for uh, Shazam, just like in the, in the comics. Um, And I would be interested just to see how they integrate the, the character of Shazam into future DC EU movies. And, uh, uh, overall, I, I really liked it. I would describe it like if if the DCEU has been a desert so far with, you know, a little from the ones I've seen anyway, because I haven't seen Aquaman. I haven't seen Wonder Woman in a while. But to me, this was kind of like a splash of cold water uh, after traversing the desert for a long time. So uh, it was it was welcome and I really enjoyed it. I would I would probably watch it again for sure. And I think my score, my planet score is going to rest somewhere around like a 7.5. So I'm just going to leave it at 7.5 and uh, just say that it could, you know, it could have maybe you could have tightened up the script a little here and there. You could have had some of the humor land better could have had some deeper characters here and there. Um, but overall it was a fine movie and uh, I think it did its job. If you really, really think it did its job, what would your estimates be for how it did at the box office? Box office. I, if I were to guess, I would say it, it made its budget back. Um, I mean, if they have plans to do a second one, uh, I'm sure it made a little bit of a profit. I'm not sure if it did like MCU movie numbers. I'm not sure if it joined the billion dollar club, but all right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put the threshold at six hundred million. Okay. Are you gonna go above or below that, guys? I'm gonna say above, but maybe not by much. Ben? I'm gonna say below. I don't think this movie made a ton of money. Really? Well, one of you is right. <laughs> well, one of us had to be right. It's Ben, isn't it? Uh, this this movie made sixty one point six percent of its money internationally, and only thirty eight point four percent domestically. This movie did not do so hot uh, here in the U.S. for whatever wow. reason. Mm. In in the states, in the states, it only made okay. For reference, its budget was right at a hundred million dollars. Okay. In the states during its box office run, it made a hundred and forty million. Mm. Worldwide, it made just under three hundred sixty-six million. Mm. And I mean, we got to take into account that, like, the regular budget. Like, you have to double that for marketing and stuff like that. So, right. Uh, right. It. Probably it broke even and maybe a little, a little extra. It, mm. it it netted maybe a hundred million, hundred and seventy five million at best. Okay. So apparently, I keep hearing about Shazam two as if it's happening. Doesn't sound like it merits a Shazam two considering yeah. that kind of return. But I mean, I hope 
you know, there's a lot of movies that didn't make a lot of money that uh, deserve sequels and deserve a lot more love. Cough Blade Runner 2049. Oh, I'm just going to say Oh, that. yeah. Um, oh, oh but, I thought you were going to cough out the name Solo for a second there. Cough Solo too. Um, <laughs> a people people love to hammer home the movies that that they don't like as oh this movie sucks because it didn't make any money. Guess what? There's a lot of movies throughout history that are considered good movies that people love that uh yeah didn't make a lot of money. Um, so as as far as it goes, the box office really only has to do with is this movie going to get a sequel. That's really the only deciding factor. Is it is the characters going to continue? And with Shazam, who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like they were trying to set Shazam up for for more and bigger and better, especially in that very last scene where he invited a friend to come have lunch with him. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Mm. I was going to say that fits right in with our little Superman thing we've had going here. Mm-hmm. That that because we we do get Superman one tiny little five second long cameo that doesn't even show his face but we all know that costume and yeah we get a a cameo by the Man of Steel himself right before we cut to credits so I mean imagine if there was a a, a Justice League two and we're able to introduce. Hal Jordan to the DCEU that would be awesome and we've introduced Shazam and his family and we've got Wonder Woman, Cyborg Aquaman you know um, we've got a a pretty decent slate of characters here that we could set things up for a justice versus injustice type of movie Especially the way Lex Luthor left things at the end of Justice League. I'm just saying, if Zack Snyder wanted to try and pick up the remains and carry this, there is enough out there that you could try and continue the DCEU and try and move it forward. The question is, should they? Yeah, it's going to largely depend on, I mean, because, like, they're just... Again, talking about box office, like what's the box office for the Snyder Cut going to be? There's going to be no discussions about the box office because it's not going to have a box office. It's going to be released and then people are going to talk about it and go, oh, that was better or worse than the original. And I mean, I guess if like HBO Max gets like a huge thing, if they get a lot of numbers, maybe they'll consider doing something. I don't know. Like, I I mean, like we're, we're dealing with a Justice League that's pretty much headed by, you know, a, a a Batman and an actor that probably isn't coming back and a Superman actor that may not come back, despite the reports saying that Henry Cavill is back recently. We still don't know. We still don't know for sure if he's going to be back or if they're going to recast. I mean, the whole reason he's in this movie, Shazam, it's obviously not Cavill. It's somebody else. It's one of his... Um, body doubles or stunt doubles playing the part, and they just literally cut his head off. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't cut the actor's head off; they just cut him off with the thing. You get what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, I don't know what the future for this holds. Like, I, I legitimately like, despite the bumps in the road that they've had, with you know a lot to do with 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 the Snyder movies. I've liked Wonder Woman. I liked Shazam. I liked Aquaman. Should Justice League has the potential to be really great, given the circumstances. I want to see this continue. I want to see more of these characters, but, you know, how do you do Justice League if you 
you know, I guess you just recast Batman. You just you just pretend that Robert Pattinson and Ben Affleck are the same person, and you just keep going. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I really I really don't know. I don't know what to make of that. I, that that's that's something that we're gonna have to save for another discussion for another night, probably. It's a lot. It's a lot. That, that's a, that's a lot to take in. That's a lot to talk about. But as for me talking about Shazam for uh, the final time this evening, well, maybe not the final time, but my final thoughts. Um, a a somewhat convoluted plot and some somewhat unconvincing stars at times, um, mixed in with some funny moments that were spoiled either by trailers or whatever you know it it wasn't the best movie i've ever watched but it also wasn't the worst movie i've ever watched like that that that, definitely i'm glad to hear it wasn't the worst (laughs) that 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 definitely goes to zombies come on like that, that that's our that's our weekly zombies reference. I mean, we got to get them in there. We're we're I think we're 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 zombie shills here. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But I really don't care because I love to I love to talk crap about that movie. Um, but you know I'm not going to crap on this one. I I'm really not because for all the things that I think it was setting itself out to be. It succeeded in that. It was a change of pace from what we've gotten from the DCEU. It was a rather self-contained episode where the the tragedy affects only a certain few instead of affecting the entire world, which is what we've gotten from a lot of other DC movies. Um, It was a character that we've never seen before, so we didn't know what to expect. Um, there, there were literally no expectations. There were some comparisons to Superman because he's in the same universe, but we really didn't have any expectations for what this character should or could potentially do. So every time we learned about his super speed or his ability to fly or his shooting lightning, you know, we had the opportunity to get excited with him and for him as he's learning about this stuff. So, you know, for for all of the different complaints and stuff that I may have had for it, it still wasn't a terrible movie. And while I'm still probably not going to like actively seek out the DVD, if somebody were to give it to me as like a birthday <laughs> present or something, I'm not going to reject that gift. I'm going to put it up on the wall Z- of office, put it up on display. Zach's, Zach's like, if I were walking down the street and it was laying there... I would pick it up, or yeah. if someone gave it to me and happened to put it in my DVD player, then I would watch it. Then I would watch it, or I would like watch it with a date or with a family member or something like that. But I, I wouldn't watch it by myself on purpose again. There's so many other movies out there that I haven't watched that I need to get around to watching. So, you know, I, I'm glad that I finally got around to seeing it. I'm glad that I, I can finally contribute to the conversation when people want to talk about it. Um, but it wasn't like the best superhero movie I've ever watched. It wasn't even a top five superhero movie that I've ever watched. So it's a, it's a pretty, pretty average film for me and it's going to get a pretty average score. And it's actually right in line with what the IMDb score is. I think IMDb gives it a 7.1 out of 10. I'm going to give it a flat seven. That's fair. Very fair. So if you want to send us your ratings for this movie, Go hit us up on social media at IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or find our personal pages wherever you may be able to find them. 
uh, we'll we'll give our personal plugs in in just a moment here. But um, yeah, send us your scores for Shazam, your rating out of ten, and we will add it to our aggregate scores. Guys, we've got one, two more elements that we need to talk about this evening. I almost said just one, but we've got two. One of them being the auspicious quote of the night. And uh, this one was one that we kind of tossed around a couple of different ideas about. But uh, this one's a more comedic moment. And I don't believe that this one showed up in any of the trailers, did it? I don't think that. I think this is one of the ones they actually held back. And this is this is one of the ruin. this is one of the few that we didn't know about coming into it. And I think that's what made it so amusing and helped with the payoff so much. Is like, oh, I didn't see this coming, but it's rather amusing. And it's like Billy has finally learned how to fly as Shazam. He's having like a aerial battle with Savannah, who can apparently fly now because of the demons that are in his eyeball. But it, it's basically like a. a traditional supervillain type monologue with a little added twist so without further ado i present to you all tonight's quote of the night enough games boy you think a pack of children can wait what you will beg for mercy as i feast on your heart slowly are you making some of my big evil guy speech right now or something? You're like a mile away from me right now. There's cars and trucks. I will have the world eating out of the palm of my hand. All I see is mouth moving. I don't hear anything. Only I have the power to unleash. Oh, whatever. Screw it. <laughs> whatever. Screw it. Uh, Let's just get this over with. Poor, poor um, all, he wanted, all he wanted to do was rub it in billy's face and billy's just like ah whatever i mean he legitimately couldn't hear the guy and it's uh i mean it's it's one of those tropes it's like oh yeah let's stand 100 feet apart and i'm gonna talk normally and talk about how i'm gonna kill you and you know just take over the world and billy's like jimmy dude i can't hear you (laughs) what are you talking about could have let you die out there in that jungle and then all my problems would be over (laughs) well that makes you ugly and stupid Oh. oh. Okay. Well, that's that's a reference that only one of you two got. So <laughs> maybe by next week you'll get that reference, Ben. Oh, really? Really? Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's enough teasing for tonight. Uh, let's get out our hashtags, shall we? Time yeah, for- let's oh, do yeah. it. Time for the final event of the evening. And uh, we may have to get that uh, that announcer dude saying, let's get ready to rumble, because apparently this is going to... No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, please don't. That's why I didn't even try, because I'm too tired. <laughs> I'm going to sum it up what little energy I've got left for what's being dubbed the cheese debate of 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, get out your hashtags. Start putting them wherever hashtags can be found. Social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and anything else that can carry a hashtag. It is time for another round of hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 Barbec
barbecue sauce. Ba -ba barbecue. 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 Watch. All right, so I've set this up. Not sure quite how we're gonna do it, but we're gonna we're gonna make this happen somehow. Um, so we've been teasing this for a few weeks now. Something we've had kind of on the back burner for a while. And I figured tonight is the night. The great cheese debate is upon us. And a few weeks ago, I'm pretty sure if I have my uh, my wires in the right place, Jake. Jacob Damon we have here. Mm -hmm. You said, correct me if I'm wrong, that cheese belongs on barbecue. Is that correct? I said it I, – I do enjoy it on barbecue. Yep. I, I really like it. And, and Zach Arnold, you oppose this, do you not? <laughs> wow. Is that a no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even words, just disgust. A noise Ugh. of disgust. Grunted <laughs> so hard I farted. Ugh. Oh boy. All right, so I am I am legitimately an impartial advisor here. All right, I can take cheese or leave it. So this is between you two. I'm letting you have this. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you each a minute. To describe why you think cheese does not or does belong on barbecue. And I'm going to start with Jacob Damon here. Okay. You're going to have a minute. When you hear the Death Star alarm, you will know your time is up. Okay. So we will go in three, two, one. All right. So cheese belongs on barbecue because cheese is good on everything. It's just a by default thing. I think barbecue is good on its own for sure, but having cheese on it just adds to the taste. It adds to the the uh, the flavors that you got going on. I love cheese. There's so many different kinds of cheese you can put on barbecue and and make it taste good. I would be interested in pairing different cheeses with different kinds of barbecue. That'd be a whole fun experiment. I feel like there's some really good combinations you could have and maybe not some not so good combinations you could have. And I would love to just find what those great combinations are. I love putting uh, a slice of provolone over some like uh, pulled pork on a pulled pork sandwich and melt it a little bit. That is delicious. Um, I like putting cheddar on, on uh, barbecue chicken sandwiches. I, 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 your time is up. There we go. Well done. Well done. All right, Mr. Zach Arnold, it's time for your rebuke of the cheese. You have 60 seconds on the clock. Your time to return fire at Mr. Jake Damon. Um, are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> All right, you will go in three, two, one. Okay, so for starters, the, the, the original statement that you made was that cheese goes well with everything. That is inherently flawed and i don't even have time to get into how wrong you are about that but <laughs> skin personal the, the the problem is that barbecue stands on its own two feet it doesn't need any accessories what you want 
is accessorization, and that is a personal choice. I am not talking about personal choices here. I'm talking about the objective fact that you just slow smoke a piece of meat and put it on a plate and you can eat it. You don't have to put you don't even have to put sauce on it. You can put sauce on it. There's an entire sauce called barbecue sauce. There is no such thing as barbecue cheese. By accessorizing it like that, you actually take away from the flavors that are meant to be experienced on a slap of meat that has cheese is not necessary. Alright, your time is up. Shut up, Death Star, please. Good lord. Alright, so Jacob, I'm gonna give you thirty seconds to respond to that. And then I will likewise give Zach thirty more seconds thing and this will i guess we'll end it i don't know someone will decide maybe we'll let the audience decide who's right and who's wrong but your response will be in in three two one okay i admit that cheese maybe doesn't go on every single thing but it can and i think should in some cases go on barbecue i do I do agree that barbecue can stand on its own, but cheese can also stand on its own too. And that's the beautiful thing about cheese is that you can, you can enhance other foods with it. I am not saying you shouldn't, uh, eat barbecue, uh, by itself. All righty. Uh, I'm gonna do the same thing to you, Zach. 30 seconds on the clock. You will begin your rebuke in three, two, one. I just feel like you're taking two things that can stand on their own two feet and enforcing them together is not a very cohesive and, and logical argument, Jake. Just because something stands on its own and something else stands on its own doesn't mean that it makes a beautiful marriage. Barbecue can stand on its own and it should stand on its own. Regardless of sauce, cheese, sides, anything like that, you can have barbecue by itself, and it'll be... All righty. I think that about does it. We heard our sides. You can respond on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram or on Google Play. Do you think cheese belongs on barbecue? Hashtag Team Jake. Or do you think... That cheese should have no place in barbecue. She would say far away from it as possible. If you're on that team, hashtag Team Zach. We'll tally up the votes next week and see where we are and see who wins this debate. I have my opinions, but I'm gonna keep them to myself right now, mm. and we'll just see how this plays out. Mm. Well played, gentlemen. Mm. Doing my best. Is there is there anything else we should do before we wrap this up? Uh, just tell people where to submit those votes, I suppose. If you're a part of the Peacekeeper Corps, you can uh, submit something on there. Maybe we'll create a promo image with like the hashtag and hashtag Team Jake and, and Team Zach and put that over there, and you can cast your votes there. Cast your votes on social at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IPC Podcast. Maybe we'll put the promo art on those different places as well. And then uh, go find us personally. You know, We've got uh, all kinds of different social media in different places. Uh, you can tag me in your posts if you want to on Twitter at Zach the Voice, Z A C H the Voice, all one word, or on Instagram at Zach dot the Voice. Jake, where can the folks tag you if for some reason 
they have also fallen off the wagon and somehow agree with your opinions too. Oh, you mean the correct people out there? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, reach out to me on there at Jake Damon, D-A-M-O-N. Uh, also, if you want to see any of my pictures or anything, you can find me on Instagram at Jake W. Damon or my art account at Jexpatch, J-E-X-P-A-T-C-H. Very, very good, gentlemen. Well played. And a well played show. This was a heck of a lot of fun. Like I said, I enjoyed revisiting, at least for me it was a revisit, of Shazam. I enjoyed talking about it. The pros and the cons. And uh, I'm looking forward to whatever we have next week. I have no idea what that could be, but, you know, who knows? Um, we've been talking a lot about DC lately, talking a lot about Superman, and, uh, you know, we, we, there's so many good things and to talk about. And unfortunately, as we said last week, some very real and bad things, but we're, we're going to make time for those too. And uh, so, yeah, this was a lot of fun. It yeah. was. Um, you want to tell the folks at home where they can keep up with you, or do you just want to be anonymous this week? I mean, I can be. I mean, not that anybody really cares what I think. Um, but if you, for some reason, for some reason, because so, I don't have a team, I'm, I'm staying neutral in this cheese war. Um, but if you, for some reason, want to get involved with me, um, you can find me at Ben Hart with no E on the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. All right. Well, we'll tally up those votes and figure out what the opinion is going to be by next week and hopefully by next week we also have an idea of exactly what it is we're talking about i think the the disney throwback the underrated disney films may be a possibility so if you have that go Mm -hmm. find us on those social places as well tell us which one we should watch first emperor's new groove atlantis treasure planet great mouse detective there's plenty of options out there and who knows maybe we'll hit up all of them But we're not going to do it this week. We'll get started on something like that next week. For now, we're going to put this one and ourselves to bed. Episode 288 is now officially in the books for the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. For Jake Damon and Ben Hart, I'm Zach Arnold. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that you'll tune in next week. And until that time comes around, we're just going to leave you with this final thought. Madness can sometimes be the path to truth. And we hope that your path leads right back here to IPC. And until then, good night, everyone. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. And the world,
Shazam! Shazam!